Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast by Youthopia. Join me in meeting the youth of Singapore who are making a positive impact to the world around them. So our guest for today is Vivian Lin. Vivian was selected as one of the 200 leaders on a year-long program under the Obama Foundation Leaders, an accolade which identifies the top 200 emerging leaders in the Asia-Pacific who are driving change and impact in the region. Her work, her career centers around community building, and she's the co-founder of Women in Asia and a TEDx curator. Hi Vivian, really good to have you on the show today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I think tell me a bit more about yourself because I think you have really a very impressive portfolio, super, super cool. Tell me a bit more about I guess your, how old you are, what is your background like, like how do you even get to become somebody who is chosen to be an Obama Foundation leader? Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know that I was going to be asked about my age. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I am, I mean, I think you summarized uh, pretty much uh, my career uh, very well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much um, for that. Um, I am a community builder. So um, I am the lead curator and license holder for TEDx Singapore. Um, and I also run um, this community organization called Women in Asia. So um, as you would see, both of my organization um, is very much centered on, you know, the civil society, um, trying to create more um, community engagements, getting them to talk about conversations that matter. Um, I'm 30 this year. Um, and yeah, so this has been my journey so far. Mm. I'm very curious to know a bit about how, what is the journey leading up to you becoming like a community builder? Like, so... Yeah, I guess like, what was your background? Like, did you graduate from like university? Did you always know that you know you wanted to create like a space for women to have a voice in like Asia? Yeah, yeah. So I think this is also a, a slight surprise to mm. um a lot of people. Um, I'm actually a trained mechanical engineer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I graduated from NTU, so this story will come as a surprise uh to a lot of people because uh they would usually would see me as a more social science um mm-hmm. student. Um, I'm actually a science student uh, all my life. Uh, I am a trained mechanical engineer. My journey with the not-for-profit uh, sector actually started um, way back when I was in university in engineering school. Mm. So um, in NTU, uh, I think, um, you know, I, I grew up watching a lot of TED Talks um, and videos um, that talks about ideas worth spreading. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it was always in me to, to just want to um, have that space to discuss with people Right, like after watching it, you get inspired or um, some, you, you know, it piques your curiosity. Uh, but there just isn't people that, you know, you can just readily turn to and like, hey, have you watched this video? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think about it? So um, in my undergraduate studies, um, I found this group of um, friends um, who, and together we, we started, we co-founded TEDx um, NTU. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole objective was actually not so much like, oh, I wanted to do things for the community. It was more like me trying to find um, that community that shares the same values um, mm. and purpose as myself. So it really started from there. Um, and then from the years of doing um, TEDx NTU, uh, I discovered that, you know, it's like, wow, that's really what happens when uh, you have this um, room full of people that's excited to learn about new things, to talk about new things, mm. um, and talk about ideas that can impact our society. So that was really the journey for me, and um, I never looked back. Yeah. Mm. Very cool. Actually, I'm an NTU alumni also, so I feel very (laughs) 
honoured to be in the presence of somebody who started TEDx NTU. Super cool. <laughs> so you were at our event. I don't remember attending a NTU event like TEDx NTU, but I mean, right. I've attended a couple of like TEDx events. Uh. Yeah, there's a TEDx Women one in Kingdom. Yes, yes, yes. I'm assuming that you were yes, probably yes, yes. there as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So I think I want to ask you straight up. I, I really want to know. I'm super curious. I think first of all, the question is, how did you get to be chosen to be one of the Obama Foundation leaders? And did you meet the Obamas? So, uh, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, um, I had uh, mentors who nominated me. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, my team and community who believed in uh, the work that I've been doing. So I think that was a really first step. And then um, to, I was also very surprised uh, when they responded and said I was um, one of the leaders uh, for 2019 and representing um, Asia Pacific. So yeah, but I wasn't the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a group of us. Uh, we had uh, a good contingent um, that was waving the Singapore flag um, when we went over to KL where the leaders um, convening was held at. So um, yes, we met um, both the Obamas. Um, that was something that um, all of us were all personally excited about. So it's like you see this group of leaders that are doing um, you know, social impact work um, mm. and doing good for the community. But at the same time, it's not the two Obamas. Like all of us are like fangirls. Yeah, I'm secondhand <laughs> fangirling. <laughs> from listening to your story. Yeah, because definitely, you know, um, for um, what um, uh, President Obama and um, Mrs. Obama has been doing for the community globally, I think that's mm. something that all of us um, really look up to. Mm. Um, you know, like, uh, we read their books um, and I think um, we were, I think Michelle Obama's book was just released um, quite, just, just slightly before the convening. So all of us were like, oh, have you read it? It's like, I can't believe we're going to see her. Yeah, so when she was, uh, both of them were there, um, and it was very interesting hearing from, you know, um, what are some of their objectives and purpose, mm-hmm. uh, especially um, in encouraging young leaders um, in the Asia-Pacific region. So I think that was, uh, you know, aside from the fan and, um as well, I think what we also learned um, firsthand was really their vision, mm-hmm. um, you know, after leaving the White House and their plans as well. Mm-hmm. And that was really, um, you know, for, for a very reflective moment for all of us to think back on our own journeys and um, how else can we you know, do better together. So, yeah, that was that was really special. Um, and um, But one fun fact as well, so I'll share it with you. Um, all of us really got to um, be up close and personal with them. Uh, so, like, some of the activities, you know, other than the, the conference activities were course listening to uh, plenary sessions, workshops. Um, we also got to do a bit of community volunteer work during our week in KL. So one of it was building tables and chairs for mm. uh, the less privileged schools um, in Malaysia. And um, the Obamas, both Obamas um, were there as well, uh, building the tables and chairs with us. So that was really a very special moment um, to, to see a different side of um, both of them. Mm. Very interesting. I think you know exactly right apart from the fangirling I'm, I'm curious to know like how did the the conference or like the 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 program um kind of translate because I know I understand that you went for the program back in 2019 before the whole like pandemic and stuff like that right but how is that how has the knowledge you gained from like the program kind of translated to the work that you have been doing now or how do you kind of use that to impact like a community back home so um, I think 
the fundamental uh, objective of the program is also to you know link us up and make connections um with the leaders uh, see, the young leaders in mm-hmm. Asia Pacific. So I think that was like one of the greatest takeaways um for me mm-hmm. um in meeting young leaders um for doing you know so much better than myself uh, and doing more for the communities. Um, we even have uh, people, uh, leaders from like the Pacific Islands. Uh, one of uh, my team was from um, Cook Islands, right? And and she was doing um, uh, she was focusing on education, um, mm. you know, in Pacific Islands as well. So I think you know with this kind of networks, connections, and learnings from each other, um, we when we came back from KL, um, it's like that one week in KL wasn't enough, mm. uh, because there were so much things that we could learn from each other, collaborate. Um, and, and you know don't have to reinvent the wheel whatever that's working um, in some parts of Indonesia you know we can also apply it for Singapore and, and I think it's vice versa as well whatever mm-hmm. that we are doing in Singapore we can also think of scaling it and um, you know working together with um, a regional counterpart tell me a bit more about women in Asia like how did the vision come about and how what what does it do to it so um you know, after TEDx NTU, uh, then I started actively <laughs> jumping into this pool, uh, that's called not for profit sector mm-hmm. and community engagement. Um, so, um, after a few years in TEDx Singapore, um, uh, my co-founders also we met in TEDx Singapore, um, as as volunteers and um and curators, and we realized that you know, um, TEDx Singapore talks a lot about amplifying ideas worth spreading mm-hmm. um, and it's very multidisciplinary in nature mm-hmm. um, so it's about creating this uh, TED-like experience for the local community and um, involving people to, to share their thoughts um, you know, and, and it's an empty space or it's a safe space to be curious you know, to agree, to disagree um, to, to be sceptical right? and, and just start conversations about uh, them um, and then what we realized there was a gap because um, as we, we were talking to the community, um, we felt that people wanted to talk more about, you know, um, the, 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 the culture diversities and, you know, uh, gender differences um, in this part of Asia. So we realized that um, because in Asia, especially Southeast Asia, we're so culturally unique. Mm. Um, there's just so much cultural nuances, uh, even when we talk about this, you know, vertical cult gender equality correct correct so like our notion here uh, of what um uh, women um in in the workplace mm. can be so much different from someone's perspective of a women in the workplace in indonesia or yep. in india right um and in the rest of the region vice versa there's so much cultural differences cultural nuances um that we need to be respectful of so uh the community um and myself uh and divya my co-founder we were like, you know, can we have this additional space mm. to be talking about things like that and to perhaps do more research or to, you know, bring together a very selective, um, um, specific topic, right, to talk about this. And that's how Women in Asia got started. Mm. So, which is very interesting. Um, it didn't start because like, oh, the two of us wanted to do something and that's it. Mm. But it's because um, the community was like, hey, can we do something? Like, mm. why don't you guys lead this? So that was actually how we ran our first event. Um, we didn't even come up with a name Women in Asia. It was one of the community members. Like we just wanted to do a gathering um, back in 2017. And then uh, someone in the community was like, no, 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 you know, we should give it a name. And they gave us the name, right? And ever since then, the activities, the objective and the mission and purposes um, that we've been doing as Women in Asia is very much driven from um, ground up. 
So that's why, you know, when you see women in Asia, it is really a showcase of the different narratives um, that happens. Um, you know, for us, we just want to be able to amplify all these narratives um, mm. in order to get people to look beyond the differences and think about similarities. So um, specifically, um, I think in Singapore, um, you know, I think we briefly spoke about it as well on uh, gender issues. Mm. Um, that's been a hot topic. Yes. Yeah. So for us, 2021 uh, is the year of the of gender equality. I think celebrate SG women. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. So um, a lot of the community has been, you, you know, um, other than the government-driven uh, conversations, uh, we also did our versions of, uh, you know, conversations from the ground up. So whether is it talking about um, gender boxes mm. um, in workplaces, in schools, um, that's also another um, area of focus. Uh, we just wanted to um, explore how is this affecting gender conversations? How are they affecting um, education in schools? Um, you know, can we spark more conversations at homes? Um, in school, um, in this informal sessions, uh, sessions um, to get people to start talking about um, this type of issues. Mm. I'm interested in also during this COVID period, how has like I guess your operations been affected, or like has the conversations, I guess like taken a back seat, or like how yeah, what's the progress like for you guys in Women in Asia? Mm. So um, I think whether it's Women in Asia or TEDx Singapore, I think. Ever since the pandemic started, mm. um, we have been questioning ourselves, you know, uh, and rethinking. We call ourselves community builders, but um, in essence, when the community needs help, when um, the community is put in such a difficult situation, then you know what can we do more mm. than just like you know putting up a nice event, mm. right? And then like um, um, getting people to talk about things. Um, so I think um, a lot of our work. Um, I think it was a very reflective year for us as a team as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, my team is made up of like, I will always say 99% uh, volunteer driven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really volunteers that, uh, you know, um, share their time and their talents like selflessly uh, to help us in all the causes and all the activities that we do. So in 2020, uh, we also started to do things a bit differently and purposeful. Um, so before Circuit Breaker started, uh, we did this um, donation drive mm. um, to reach out to the migrant community uh, because Zakia is one of our TEDx Singapore speakers as well. And, you know, it's like you hear that they are in trouble, they are feeling nervous and scared. You know, what can we do? So um, I think that's where I think in 2020, we really took the ideas part into action. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, I called for a donation drive and, and it was just... Uh, at random, right, throw it to the community and say, hey guys, um, I think we need to do something for the migrant um, community. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what I propose, right, a hygiene campaign to educate them a bit, you know, about uh, the situation, um, pack together some, uh, you know, um, hand sanitizers, masks, um, soaps and all that. Um, and we did it over, over about two weeks. Um, and... Yeah, so I went to the community uh, on our Facebook groups and social media channels and say, hey guys, yeah, we're trying to do this. Um, you know, uh, donate um, any excess uh, hand sanitizer you have at home um, or soap bars that you have at home. Um, you know, and it, and it was really uh, casual, right? We didn't have like this grand plan or anything. But at the end of the two weeks, um, uh, we managed to um, put together enough to reach out to almost about 3,000 uh, migrant workers um, uh, in different locations. So, um, and then next was distribution. Mm. So, uh, we actually had our volunteers, um, and Zakia's, um, volunteers, 
uh, who are migrant from, from the migrant community themselves, you know, they actually came together with us to pack the items um, and distribute them in like Little India. We even went down to the dormitories um, mm. in Woodlands um, to do a bit of like outreach. Um, and of course, you know, it, it's not a lot, but uh, I think that was um, really what, you know, showed that, you know, these are the kind of impacts and actions uh, that us as a community building community can put together. Yep. Yeah. I think that's an excellent point because I was just going to say that I think with, even though you guys are called like Women in Asia, I think the very fact that it is about community building, right? So whatever the community needs and responding to the situation on hand, like the most urgent situation is what is, I guess, what drives you guys, right? So I think that's super cool and yeah, I think twenty twenty was just an amazing, I mean, terrible year, but amazing in terms of like what we saw our community doing. Yeah, yeah. I I want to ask a bit about I guess like community community building or like your work in general. So, I think besides the examples that you have already shared, what are some other you know throughout your years of doing this community building work, some memorable moments that you feel like has really solidified you know your reason or like your purpose for doing this? Um, that's really a very tough question. Uh, I, I really don't think it's just one moment, mm. uh, but it's really all these consolidation um, and little moments uh, that really piece things up together and make me feel that, you know, this is why I keep doing it. Mm. Um, I think maybe one of the more recent ones, um, you know, it's uh, when we did the donation drive, um, so one of our volunteers actually brought um, her kids mm. to volunteer and pack um, with us, right? So you would think, okay, so um, um, the, our volunteer, which is a very close um, community of ours, uh, her name is Fahima. Um, so Fahima brought her two kids um, um, uh, and, and they were helping us, right, to pack and all that. And they're like only in their primary school. Mm. So uh, the, her daughter is only uh, nine going 10 right then. Um, and what was um, really cool was that um, uh, Fahima actually um, allowed the kids to follow us to the dormitories as well mm. to give out to uh, you know give the um, deliver all the packs individually to the migrant community and have a chat with them at the location um, and just disclaimer uh, all these happened in February mm. 2020 uh, before any crazy yeah. um, outbreak so circuit breaker was, was enforced um, and that was when we started doing that already, um, right after Chinese New Year. So, um, and what was super cool was that after Zara, um, her daughter went home. So you think, okay, maybe you know, um, kids being kids, right? They would just, um, yeah, and 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 do follow their mom, and that's it. Um, but what was cool is that she actually wrote down her reflections mm. as a primary school kid, like what she learned and what she saw, because to her, going to the dormitories was an eye-opener to her. She never saw Singapore in this manner. For sure. Right? It, it's not something that even us as Singaporeans, <laughs> the rest of Singaporeans, or, you know, would, would come in contact with um, unless you're really deeply invested in, the, in this um, area of social work. So um, she actually wrote her reflections and um, she actually um, submitted into the Singapore Kindness Movement to Singa. Mm. So um, Singa actually responded and, um, you know, sent a pack of stickers uh, to her. And to, to, you know, to me, that was um, such uh, an important moment because, you know, all these things that we've been doing at the end of the day is to promote such um, activity, such thoughts, such values, um, and to make it a better place for, you know, our future generations or the future youth, mm-hmm. and the future young leaders um, by Zara herself. Yeah, so, so that to me was um, a super memorable um, time and, mm-hmm. mem- uh, and moment mm-hmm. uh, in the recent times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That was very heartwarming. <laughs> and curious to know also, I guess, besides like the good moments, right, for sure, I think like with regards to like community building and like social impact, there are definitely moments where you would feel maybe tired or, you know, that your work doesn't mean much. It could be like fatigue from years of just pushing for a social cause. I'm wondering if, you know, there are any challenges that you faced along the way and how you overcame them and how you continue to motivate yourself to be in the space? Um, so, good question. Uh, it's true. I, uh, I'm i glad you asked that because a lot of people will ask like, oh, do you feel uh, um, any sense of fulfillment? Mm. Or, you know, but my quick answer is always no because the more you do, you realise that um, the more that needs to be done in the community. Mm. Um, so it was always, uh, you, you're right as well, to always, uh, you know, the sense of like, am I doing enough, mm-hmm. right? Um, even with the migrant community, there was only 2,000 of them, right? But um, we have so many more that, you know, we yep. need to do. Um, so I think one thing that I've learned in my journey um, is that, you know, it's never seeing myself as an individual, but um, seeing myself as, you know, uh, seeing myself as part of this huge community of volunteers and my team that's with me as well. So, like, when we face problems, right, um, it's never myself with the most brilliant ideas. Uh, more often than not, it's always my team um, that, that has brilliant ideas that we need to solve it. Um, and whenever we need help, right, um, it's just like how the donation drive happened in two weeks, right? Reach out, call out to the community, um, and you really never know uh, what kind of resources gets to be put together. So that's a very important learning. And whenever, you know, we face challenges along the way, um, it's always remembering that, you know, um, the room is always the smartest, not uh, the mm-hmm. few of us that are sitting at the table. So always um, be open to asking, to open to collaborating. Mm-hmm. There's so many people um, that's working on social impact, um, whether is it, you know, informal organizations or um, just Facebook groups that's happening and trying to do good. Um, and, you know, with 2020, there's so many mutual aid uh, groups that's happening and popping up. Um, so, you know, it's it's sometimes it's really about going to all these um, networks um, and putting together the resources and make sure that, you know, um, uh, we're doing the right things in the right direction. Mm. On that note, I guess, what are your thoughts about the social impact space in Singapore? Like, how do you see the future of this space going to become? Um, I definitely see more youths mm. um, being more vocal about them. Um, so especially like, you know, this year, uh, like we were mentioning, it's a celebrate SG Women Year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see, we, we get a lot more responses as well um, for volunteers. Whenever we call out for volunteers, mm-hmm. um, it's um, youths that um, have a voice, right? They want to do something more um, because they believe in um, a certain value or a certain mission or they believe that, you know, this is a change that needs to happen. So um, I, we see this momentum happening. Mm. Um, and I think uh, what then is crucial is to ensure that this momentum doesn't die off or this momentum gets channeled in the right areas and mm. avenues. And, you know, we make sure that um, we have that ecosystem to help these young change makers um, build up their capabilities, their thinking, right? Um, get them to learn more. Um, and really um, support them to do what they want. So I think that would be, um, that's a change that I'm seeing happening. So which is something that, you know, I'm, I'm really very happy about. But it's just about then, you know, us as a whole ecosystem, how can we protect 
um, mm. and make sure that you know this momentum doesn't just fizzle off and die yeah. or like it doesn't um, go um, in the wrong way yeah. or a very extremism um, way and, mm. and this is what we've seen in some of the um, other you know our neighboring countries as well right so how can we um, ensure that things um, uh, are productive or such momentum can be productive and efficient and um, goes to the right kind of um, vulnerable communities uh, that we need to support at this time mm. last question for you yes I think for the majority of our audiences to meet in our usually use and you're right I think use a lot of like energy mm. we want to be we want to make our impact on the world what is a piece of advice you would give anyone who's interested in something that would like social movement or what is one piece of advice that you would give somebody who's interested in something that would like social movement or yeah, just like putting themselves out there to take the first step to like volunteer for a cause that they believe in? Um, my advice, and this was an advice, uh, I don't think it just came from me, it came from um, a conversation that I had with uh, Margaret Thomas, mm-hmm. um, the AWARE co-founder. Uh, so if you've been watching Saga <laughs> on the podcast, um, I'm a huge fan. Um, and of course, AWARE has been a huge support um, mm-hmm. you know, in pushing for gender equality. And um, she says herself, you know, for uh, in our conversation as a piece of advice, which I think it's very relevant um, for the youth nowadays and for all um, activists or advocates or um, people that wants to do good in the community. Um, and that is, you know, um, do a lot of research. Mm. It's it's actually a very boring thing. It's mm. not like be brave and step out. Uh, um, her advice is do research. Mm. Um, and I second that um a lot. Um, and that's also the basis that you know Women in Asia and TEDx Singapore has been on as well. You know, every idea that we platform or we showcase, uh, it takes us like nine months of research. Mm. <laughs> so um, I my advice to all the youth as well, like the energy, it's great, keep it up, but um, um do research mm. in the field of work that you're interested in. Right. Um. And through this research as well, you would find um all these connections, um all these informal community that already exists. Right. Um. And um work with all these um you know gain all these experiences. Um. Be on the ground. See what's happening. See what worked and what did not work. And I think that's where you know the the youths um are able to then think about okay you know this is a gap. This is how I can be helpful or purposeful and add value instead of just raw energy mm. um, and it is also to conserve that energy um, and avoid um, <clears throat> sorry and this is also to help um, conserve energy because in the um, social impact space community building space we see a lot of um, young leaders or leaders um, um, getting burnt out mm. that's why I would say you know uh, when you, before you want to jump into anything pause do a lot of research see if there's already a huge network huge network see if See if there's really a huge network or ecosystem um, that has this infrastructure already, then go to them, right? Mm. Uh, but in, instead of just like, okay, I'm starting this, and yeah. a lot of times all these um, you know, movements just fizzle out because there isn't sustainability. Mm. That's why, you know, for me, it's like taking that pause and, and research is very important. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for that. I think that's a very unique piece of advice that I think is actually very true as well. So Thanks for joining us on this episode today. Definitely a trailblazer in the social sector and it's super cool that you've come down to shed some like wisdom to Thank everybody you. today. Thank you. I so just much. wanna ask if there's anywhere that anybody is interested in finding you, where can they reach out to you? So um, I'm definitely, I mean, thank you. I, I won't call myself a trailblazer because it's really this 
huge ecosystem of people that made things possible, right? It's not just me, it's my volunteers, my team, and all these, uh, you know, community of amazing people. And I'm sure you have a lot of them on the rest of your podcast as well that's putting this together. Um, you know, in, in I think um, in community building, it's about this collective um, trailblazing. Mm-hmm. It's not just one single person, it's all of us um, having to move a step forward for all of us. Um, uh, please, uh, you know, if anyone wants to reach out, um, you can find me on LinkedIn um, or all my social media handles as well. Uh, TEDx Singapore um, and Women in Asia on like IG, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, TikTok. Uh, yeah, our youths are hopping on tic- TikTok mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, feel free to, um, you know, just buzz us or DM us in any one of those um, channels too. Cool. It's Women in Asia. Yes, right. right. Cool. Thanks a lot, Vivian. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This show was brought to you by Youthtopia. This project showcases everyday Singaporeans that have made an impact in our society. Have someone in mind? Nominate that person at youthtopia.sg forward slash impact.